Yo, Griffin, aka Troom, congratulations on beating Shadowbringers, broski. Listen, man, you did it, you did great, you fucked them, you fucked the game, you had great sex, you won the battle, you won the war, you won the tipping, you won the dipping. Fuck yeah, bro. Congratulations, bro. I'm beating Shadowbringers, man. You sexy man. Okay? Hey, and Hunter Epic Twitch Gaming wants fucking erotic roleplay and Limsa Laminsa Lower Decks. Okay, broski? Griffin, I know you're a virgin, but have great sex and literally, literally splooge so hard. In compensation for the amount of years you wasted not having sex, broski. In the name of your fucking dick, your two balls, and the semen rising up, broski. Come, bitch. Okay? Really, Edgy, what I just said, I don't give a fuck, man. I'm sleepy. I'm not high. I'm fucking hungry. And I love you. Bless. Damn. Uh, bless. Damn, yeah. Now, that's that's like a, a perfect example of the B-Best mindset. <laughs> Uh, folks, welcome to Game Boys. Welcome to Game Boys. <laughs> a, video, a podcast about video games. Let's just do, say who we are at the beginning. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Lux. And I am I, I am Griffin. I, I am Choom. And I am a virgin, apparently, that has great sex. And of course, we're joined, as always, by producer extraordinaire Haley. Um, and that was... Um, Big shouts out to Fat Man uh, for, you know, recognizing a big gamer moment. Yeah. Uh, your track record with getting gifted cameos is like pretty incredible. Well, when you live a when you live an eventful life like mine, <laughs> and people feel the need to you know pay tribute. You're right. I mean, that's got it. That's the only reasonable explanation is that you've mm-hmm. just sort of earned it through your actions. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean to to. to <sighs> To, to, to go through the gaming experience I had and then to, to be greeted by Fat Man at the end of the finish line truly, really did put a nice bow in this. So I'd also like to thank uh, Twitch.tv slash Hunter Epic Twitch Gaming uh, for that incredible cameo um, and that incredible tribute. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, Lux, uh, I'm here. I did a, I did a big gaming feat. <laughs> I did like 250 hours of a video game very quickly (laughs) yeah no that's you've you really have been grinding it the fuck out man it's impressive stuff it's it's impressive my chat did not think i could do it but i'm here now and on the eve today as we speak there are 12 hours left until the servers go down and we enter Endwalker, the final expansion. It's a really big, big couple of days. Yeah, damn. Huge moment. Uh and huge, I, huge and I'm powerful stuff. Right. It's it's hard to describe how right under the wire I'm coming here, Lux. I mean, it's like the temple door is closing and I, I'm really sliding right underneath it. Like right when we're done with this recording, I will be finishing the last story quests. Damn. It is Wait, so okay. So Fat Man kind of gave you a premature uh, congratulations. Well, I beat. I did beat Shadowbringers, and I know you were gonna say this. 
<laughs> but I did beat Shadowbringers, but now there's some post quests that you have to do, you know, before you can start the next expansion. So I think it's fair for Fat Man to say what he said. I mean, I, you know, I'm not going to I'm never going to tell a fat man what they can or cannot say. That's one thing about me <laughs> that is just that's always going to be true. Um, but yeah, Lux, my my my, my final thoughts here um, about the game after all of this time and all these experiences and moments is this is the greatest video game I've ever played. Man, I this was kind of really hoping you were going to like 180 on it insanely hard and be like, after 250 <laughs> hours, really grinding it out. I'm decided <laughs> that this game is ass trash, pure garbage. It's meant for the puke basket. I cannot believe what I've done with my life. I, you know, because there's so much love for this game, I could do sort of a grifting angle and be the one content creator voice that says the game is bad. I could really occupy a niche. Yeah, you could. You could do a sort of you could be the Ben Shapiro of Final Fantasy 14 if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. I could arm use white. Exactly. I, I could use facts and logic to say that RuneScape Classic is still the traditional Christian family oriented game. Um, yeah, I mean, that's true. And that's something people need to think about more with MMOs is how the MMOs sort of influence the formation of the classic nuclear Christian family. Well, and how, well, and how the next gen MMOs are disintegrating that, that yeah. classic formation. Yeah, it's true. The more you play WoW, the less you have a wife. That's just <laughs> the way it is. Apologies to our married WoW playing listeners, but I don't make the rules. Yeah, I mean, well, I I mean, I just want to say my my last real thoughts about Shadowbringers is, yeah, it is the greatest video game I've ever played. I think it is my favorite video game of all time. It is operating on every level. It is the entire experience. And Shadowbringers is just the culmination of just like the greatest anime slash video game I've ever played. Um, I would say it's like, it's like if kingdom hearts made sense and Damn, that's, that's like the highest yeah, praise from you. I can give Lord. anything. Yeah. That is like, that is sort of just knowing the things you think and feel sort of like a shocking statement to hear, honestly. It is shocking. It shocks me to even say it. And it's shocking to be in this moment. Well, Griffin, here's a fact that is related to this that you might get intrigued by, which is wheels might be turning to finally get a desktop PC set up in the Lux universe. Holy shit. Which I think maybe FF14 would be something that I could get into if I were playing it on the old PC. Wow, this is crazy to hear. Now, what finally broke you? Nothing. Because I've been, I've been, I'll be honest, I've been putting out little birds and little spies into the Lux universe. And I've been saying, if we all can subtly apply little bits of peer pressure here and there, maybe we can trick him into coming aboard. Nothing broke me, but tech wizard Brendan came over and was looking at an old PC case that was lying around. And sort of poked at it and was like, for about 300 bucks, I could make this like a pretty good computer. Hmm. Um, And so that conversation is happening. If he does that, then there will be a desktop and I could spend some time playing desktop games, including Final Fantasy 14 or other weird, you know, luck games that can play on the desktop. Um, Because I just I think part of it is that the way that you have like all these different cute hotkey buttons and stuff like that in combat and stuff just doesn't Mm -hmm. talk to me right through like a PlayStation setup. Mm -hmm. But I think if I were playing it on computer, 
uh, I might have an easier time kind of getting into that vibe. I'm not sure, uh-huh. but I will. I, I, I'm willing to think it's different enough that it'd be worth taking a swing. I think especially for people who are like who are less MMO friendly like you, I do think starting with mouse and keyboard might actually be a better scenario for you because you are dealing with menus and figuring out the way the game flow works. Um, and, and so, yeah, I do think mouse and keyboard to arrange your windows and stuff is nice. Uh, and then, you know, maybe later down the road, you plug that controller into your PC and you yeah. and you take it, take it for a spin then, because I really love healing on a controller. The flow of it is just really, really fun, um, more fun than on a keyboard. Um, I've, heard but that, I, uh, I've heard that uh, you've been getting some healing tips from our friend Forrest in the old gym chat. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not even using my spells right. Like there's so much about the game I still have to figure out. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he mentioned he was like, uh, I'm trying to teach. I'm trying to coach Griffin how to become an ultimate white healer by yelling at him in this chat. And I was like, that's probably I, the best way to do it. I need that. Um, but yeah, it's um, so was the thing for you about the computer, the price? Because you always said it was about the no, space it's, it's in a, your house. It's a space thing. But the discussion ha- basically. I didn't preempt this discussion. It was like, oh, there's this computer. Maybe I could set it up on this desk. And then uh, Brendan came by to see if it would work. And now there's a discussion of changing a desk into a computer desk as opposed to being a writing desk that it has been. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that would be the that would be the necessary change because it's it's not it's never the cost thing. Like I waste money on all kinds of stupid shit. But it was always yeah. just like where would I put it? But now if this desk gets if this the if the role of this desk changes. Um, such that it's not a writing and drafting desk, but is instead a computer desk, then suddenly there's a place for a computer. So what are we, th- I mean, what are we thinking here? I mean, it's already December. It's going to be hard to get anything at this point. Are we thinking this is even happening this year? I'm look, all I'm going to say is if I commit to this project, I'm just going to put the money in Brendan's hands and let him do his weird stuff. Mm-hmm. He's a big, yeah. he's a big weird guy with great power. Uh, I trust that he'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, um, that's very exciting to hear. Um, and, you know, your transition to being a PC gamer would be a very exciting arc for 2022. It would be it would be um, a good it would be a good narrative for for us and for the show. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I guess just my last thoughts is like it's a really fucking good game because it feels like it has built upon not just itself and its own game, but just on all of final fantasy and like all of JRPGs to like have sort of like all the things and foundational tropes and visuals and all those things about RPGs that you like know and recognize like are present in this game, but they're given so much more motivation and story arc and it's just like, oh, you know, like, yeah, there is an organization 13 like there is in Kingdom Hearts, except this time they make sense and you get <laughs> to know all of them really well. Like it's 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 those things where it's just like this game feels like it's it's like standing on the backs of all the, you know, fucking giants that came before it. But it's just it's just delivering something so fresh and so cutting edge in the space. I just it's going to be really hard to play other JRPGs after this. It's going to be really difficult. Well, that seems like a good segue to me telling you that there's a JRPG out there that I think you could go play right away. <laughs> Let's go. That's called Shin Megami Tensei Five, um, Which you beat. Which I've beaten. In fact, I've beaten every ending, and I've beaten including the secret true ending. 
mm-hmm. um, because I'm an absolute pervert. Um, now, what does it take to do secret true ending? Usually a sadistic level of achievements. Yes. So, as usual, in Shin Megami Tensei... So, okay, to, uh, to clarify something in advance, I don't know exactly all of the things that I did that qualified me for it because I just mm-hmm. did basically every side quest because I was like, this will eventually do it. Mm-hmm. I do know the one... I need to do this one necessary step is to beat the secret super boss side quest before you go to the last section of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, this is actually, I think, my only like design complaint with the game, and it's a consistent one throughout SMTs since Nocturne, um, inclu- including Nocturne, is that the super boss quest you need to unlock the true ending requires being leveled higher than the final boss does. So when you beat the, tr- the the secret super boss quest, then you go to the last act of the game and everything is like insanely easy, mm. um, which is kind of a bummer, um, uh, it, which it's it's kind of a bummer. But also, like, you get your big, Dude. crazy, you get your big, crazy, super challenging boss fight. It's just that it happens with like a, an hour or two of game left afterwards. Yeah, but maybe that's functionally what they wanted. You know, you made it to the secret part. Now it's time to just fucking blow people away. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of what it is. And then you get like story vibe the rest of it, mm-hmm. um, which is nice. The the big final super boss fight, very challenging as is tradition. Very fun. Sure. Now, um, and let me guess, is it God? It's a God. <laughs> okay. And which God is this? Which 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 God is up to no good this time? All right, spoilers. It's a. You know, you know him. You love him. The benevolent god of destruction. It's Shiva, the Hindu oh. god Shiva. Wow. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, because so basically the way the game ends is uh, you basically have three choices of kind of routes to take at the end, which is like you can uphold God's will and do like the order path where you like listen to all the angels and do the thing they want mm-hmm. uh, and take the throne sort that of, way. Sort of a beta mindset. Big time beta mindset. Uh, you can sort of classify it. So then you've got your alpha mindset, which is the sort of neutral path, which is like uh, take over the throne and use it to like recreate the world and protect humans from demons and kind of like keep things as they are with like you in charge. Sure. That sounds like an alpha. Then there's sort of the omega mindset, which is to destroy mm. the throne totally and create a world of pure chaos. Okay. Um, and then you've got your secret ending, the Sigma mindset, which is yep. to destroy the throne, way. destroy the throne entirely, go your own way and make a world for only humans with no gods or demons using like the mm. God power. And, and, you know, and they, and they say these paradigms don't exist in nature, yet they're happening right here in Shin Megami Tensei five. Yeah, exactly. There it's all, I mean, obviously it's all over the place. We all, we all know this every, you know, it's just the way it is, but yeah, it's, it's very fun. It's cool. One fun thing about it is that there are a couple of fun, like, end game special fusions that you unlock that are specific to each route. Um, mm-hmm. And that's like a fun little treat is that each way you play, like, it, it makes it fun to replay the ending to get each specific ending, not just because you get a different, like, of cinematic at the end, but you also get, like, a cool different version of, like, a magical lady. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get Danu, you can get uh, Mary, the mother of Christ. Poggers. Yeah. Getting Mary Mother of Christ, very poggers. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of a lot of fun stuff in there. And this and the thing so, with, you, so you feel good about it. You did where, where does this rank in terms of game? Unless you had another detail you're trying to get into. I was gonna say the one thing about it that I really like that, that is I think why I would knock it above Nocturne in my SMT rankings, I think. Yeah. 
Um, I think Nocturne does a better job of like doing its like artistic story of loneliness or whatever, which very cool. But like aside from, amongst all the quality of life upgrades, the biggest one is quest tracker and like quest location tracker in SMT five. Mm. And that makes a big difference because the world is very big. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times in previous SMT games, the way you get a side quest, a demon would be like, did you know sometimes where it's raining, a weird demon oh, will jack yes. off and yell at you. And then you have and, to- and like, yeah, I wish they just would just then take that and create a note yeah. for a quest and right there. Yeah. You and know. Instead, all you know is that sometimes where it's raining, a demon will like jack off and yell at you. And then you have to yeah. like go find mm-hmm. where it's raining and where the demon is. You don't know which <laughs> demon it is. And it's all the shit. Um, Listen, in L.A., that could be anywhere. Exactly. Um, uh, yeah, so, and so uh, yeah, that's cool. So there's a little quality of life improvement there. And that's, that bumps that's it above. I think that's what bumps it above. Cause like combat, the press turn system, all that shit. It's the same. It's fucking excellent. Um, the demon writing is really funny and good. That's like a joy. Even if the human writing is kind of flat, um, every single demon you meet has like a fun, goofy personality. That's great. Um, but yeah, I think it's the quality of life stuff that makes it so that you have this game that's made up of all these really intricate, really fun to explore systems and the quality of life shit makes it so you actually get to play in those spaces and like enjoy them in a way that like the other games kind of intentionally set of barriers to. But I think this game sort of was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like just have the playground. Um, and that's really good to me. So that's uh, that's where I feel about it. And I love it. And I think you should play it now that you're done with. Final Fantasy 14. Oh, yeah. I think I misspoke when I said I can't play other JRPGs. Like, I just, I'm definitely going to need to play something else soon um, because I've like mainlined this so hard and I'm about to step into Endwalker, which is like another hundred hours. So it's, it's, uh, it's a lot. And now that I have made it to Endwalker, I'm going to start going a little bit slower. The big problem was that. As the internet realized that I was playing Final Fantasy, there would be just constant spoilers I was dodging. And that's going to be a little bit more e- easy with Endwalker because people are going to be like, this is Endwalker, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. But like I was getting spoilers on Heavensward, on Stormblood, on Shadowbringers. And, and I just like I had to get through it. Yeah, I I mean, that's I didn't even get that with SMT5, honestly, like. Mm-hmm. My it's it's frustrating because like because I was like looking up, you know, SMT5 trailer, SMT5 release date, blah, 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 like planning stuff for the stream. Um, my the way that, you know, the sort of uh, meta meta universe digital consolidation of my life uh, framed it was like, oh, this guy wants SMT updates. So even as I was playing it, my like Google alerts would be like, hey, did you know that there's a secret ending to the game? Which like obviously <laughs> I do because I right. play the games, but like spoilers, man. Like, and it was just like constant. So I can imagine that'd be pretty tough with the FF14 stuff too. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, listen, that one is definitely on my docket. Definitely on my docket. Um, But, you know, Lux, I've been on a sort of a a tangential, like kind of other gaming experience, something away from my my computer. Um, And and that's that, you know, we had a little Black Friday this weekend, didn't we? Oh, yeah. A little Black Friday happening. Although. it was, I must say, a Black Friday where no one got first degree murdered, it seems like, which is another Griffin Davis prediction that fell by the wayside. My prediction system is, is it, honestly, I'm feeling a little bit like Nate Silver over here. 
Uh, you are kind of a Nate Silver arc. You started out the absolute darling of the prediction set, and now just like swings and misses left and right. I mean, to be fair, a guy got shot over a PS5 in Texas, but like, yeah, which I was going to bring up, you know, not exactly um, the same. Yeah, not exactly the same. It, it's it, and I and, I, and I'm going to attempt in 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 you know, in a legal sense to connect those two. Um, to support my theory, but yeah, ultimately, yeah, my prediction system is in shatters. Uh, Black Friday was um, actually like one of the worst Black Fridays in terms of sales yet. And I don't know if that's because people are sort of I think there's a multitude of factors. Obviously, there's the coronavirus. Um like there's the other thing that a lot of people are just over going to like big box stores and like the pandemic was like the final like kick in that leg. Um, I think also, you know, it, it's like this thing where the deals just aren't that good anymore either. Yeah. Certainly not enough to kill over. Definitely not living the deals mindset at these stores. I'll also say this. I had a theory about this, which is that do you think that people got the same danger vibes that you were getting from Black Friday and there was sort of a mutually assured destruction thing happening. Mm, where yeah, people, it's like no, none of the penguins jump into the water. Yeah. yeah, everyone was like, oh, I don't want to go to the store because someone will shoot me with a gun if I try to buy an Xbox. Yeah, I think I think I mean, like a Disneyland experience that when they opened, everyone like thought that Disneyland would be like hellish. So like no one went and like for the first couple of months, apparently it was actually pretty pleasant. We love a pleasant Disney um, experience. So, yeah, I don't I don't know. It's I think there's like obviously a multitude of factors. Um, and my prediction system was just way off. But I would say that in particular, it seems like the things that people will kill over aren't available. And I think that's ultimately my big. <laughs> that's point. a great call. Is that it's like you can't kill if it's on a fucking ship in the bay still, you know, like and like as we've seen the few PS5s that are that did make it to the land are are being gunned gunned down over like there are old fashioned duels happen, happening in the streets. People are taking 10 paces and taking their shot. Um, Yeah, that's that's like distressingly accurate like everyone is extremely you know tied up in the sort of stakes of getting shit right now because of all the supply chain stuff because of covid because of everything else that like the it does feel like like what like we alluded to like there's not people killing each other in the store but like people are getting shot while people try to steal their ps5 like people are still taking swings in that way well, to see, you know, now now that there's no nothing of value in the stores, the street is the store. You know what I'm saying? We've that we're post store. We're 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 into some weird individual seller market where it's just like the items that you really want you can't get online because a robot got them before you. So you're just forced to haggle with individuals out in the world. Um, and that's sort of the experience of being uh, sort of an inter an electronics and entertainment purchaser in 2021. Yeah. Um, as we can see with the story right here, I mean, this 19 year old in Texas went to go sell his PS five and then was shot dead by this guy. The kid died. And then the guy, I know he was alive, but 
Oh, is he alive? He, I, the first article I read had him alive, but like hospitalized. It's totally possible he could have died in the interim. Okay. Well, I I I, uh, I spoke too soon. Uh, but um, what's it called? The fucking guy who shot him, like I guess, panicked and didn't even steal the PS5. Yes, that's the part of the story that's the craziest. Panicked, that's, shot him, and was just like, gotta go, and left the PS5. Nobody wins. Imagine imagine killing someone over a PS5. Now imagine killing someone not over a PS5. Like, for nothing. Yeah, for no, it's, come on. <laughs> I mean, anyways, it's, uh, it's very, it's, you know, it's, it's funny, like, we, I kind of like, when me and Zach from Whitest Kids, when we both got our PS5s last year, he, I got the one with the disc and he really wanted that one. And I kind of thought the digital one just visually looked better. And I was probably going to just digitally download all my games. Uh, so we ended up like trading PS fives and like when we traded them, like Zach was like acting like so shady. He was like looking like left and right. He's <laughs> big, like trying to like, big trench make coat. The, he had a huge trench coat and he was like on the top of two other kids. Uh, and it was weird. It's like, you are a full grown man. Yeah, you're, you, it, you don't, you're in disguise as a nine foot tall guy. What are yeah. you doing? <laughs> um, and, 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 you know, turns out he was right to act that way. Um, because, you know, I guess this is like one of those weird products that a lot of people want, but it's just it's really hitting like the minimum, right? Of like, this is about as cheap as something we'll get that people really, really want. Anything below that would be like, oh, you're getting killed for like a sandwich or something, right? <laughs> but it is still just a fucking video game console, right? It is still so low. It's like barely grand theft, right? It's like, like what, how, like, it's isn't not. that like over a thousand? It's not, it's like a thousand, it's not over a thousand dollars. Yeah, something like that. Or even more. Yeah, it's just like, it's odd that something so cheap people are killing each other over. Yeah, but you and know, that's because of the fake coronavirus and Dr. Fauci. That is because of the fake coronavirus and Dr. Fauci. Um, we went on a tangent. We didn't talk about the game thing you were talk you wanted to talk about, but maybe that means we're in a good place to hit up an ad break and then come back and talk about your Black Friday experience and the game that you got. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, that sounds good. Great, let's do it. <laughs> Uh, welcome back to Game Boys, a podcast by video games. Uh, we came back from our ad. We are back from it. Griffin, you were talking about Black Friday and a game you got. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I went to Black Friday. Bring it back. No, I did Black Friday the premiere way. I got the I got the deal online, but then I went and quickly immediately an hour later picked it up from the store. Uh, I got myself a giant. 4k television oh hello very big welcome to the club what size give me the specs it is 55 inches um okay so pretty much the same close the same as mine but here's the deal it's in my bedroom and it's way too big for my bedroom like it has transformed my bedroom from a room that had a bed in it to a TV room that also has a bed. Uh, this is a wild, wild change. That is, yeah. I mean, I've seen your room. Swinging a 55-inch TV in there would radically alter the dynamic of the space. I'll say it. It's too big. It's, oh, shit. It's, 
it's too big. I went too big, but I, the deal was just too good because there was a deal for an appropriately sized 4K TV, but I was only getting $40 off. Hardly a Black Friday discount, you know? So then I go and I look at the 55 inch. Well, I'm getting $250 off the 55 inch. And you know what? Space be damned. I have a stupidly big TV in my bedroom now. Uh, yeah, you're shopping like my damn dad, dude. <laughs> That's what my father does is he'll be like, ah, the thing I need is affordable and it's on a small sale. But this thing I don't need is on a big sale and it will cause problems if I have it. And I will have <laughs> yeah. to figure out how to solve those problems. But <laughs> the sale is big, so I will be having it. It is it is truly, uh, truly wild psychology. And it's like, yeah, it, that totally worked. It totally worked on me. I now have this massive thing. But you know what? I, I wanted to test it out. So I played a little bit of God of War and 4K on it. And it looked incredible. It looked really good. And, you know, I, I do most of my gaming on the computer now. But it will be nice to just know that, like, when there is a premiere PS5 game out, that I can flip it on that TV and really take it out to lunch. Yeah. No, I can't wait. I, I That's one thing with my TV as well is that, like, I still have yet to have the game where I go, like, Goo Goo Gaga TV, you know? Mm -hmm. Deathloop, yeah. ha Deathloop had some moments. Returnal had some moments. Um, but like, there's nothing that really is like shaking me to my core in the way that I, I crave. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, yeah. And I mean, I, honestly, I have a lot of faith that like cyberpunk PS five will be really good. Yeah. I mean, it could be, it could be really fucking sick. They're already getting good reviews on it for like the new PC patch one or whatever. So I don't know. I, the, the side the, the real hardcore cyberpunk heads of which i am one uh stay hopeful stay strong yeah the future is bright for us it and we will be proven right it would be dope uh it would be dope to have that experience of the game we all thought we were gonna have even if it's years later but like mm -hmm. to have that like wonder and magic of the whole thing on a big nice tv yeah Right. Um, and, you know, uh, one other news story that I wanted to mention, Lux, uh, was that, you know, we talked a little bit for a second about how it's really annoying to purchase things online these days because we're fighting these robots. Right. Like it's like yeah. we, we're experiencing this all the time. It's literally impossible to buy anything because of these scalper robots. Well, you know, our whack pack, our best friends in Washington, D.C., the Democrats, they've announced a bill aimed at stopping the bots from buying all of your consoles and graphic cards. And you know what? There's some unlikely allies in this group, blocks. Oh, oh we, love, we love an unlikely ally. We love a fellowship. S Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is one of the co-sponsors of this bill. And guess what? They've called it Stopping Grinch Bots. And they're using big Grinch imagery for it. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Um, cool. I'm glad that yeah. they're so good at branding. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's important to me that our our government is good at branding things. 
Yeah, you know what? I mean, I think, I, I think to a certain extent, I think a bot, a bot, a botter is a bit of a Grinch. You know, uh, I that, it's more the fact that. I don't see any way for them to actually do anything about this because what it would actually require is a major, major amount of like regulation, regulation for these online store companies in a way that like the government would have to say, hey, Walmart, hey, Best Buy, hey, Nike, you actually have to make a website that a robot can't fuck up in two seconds because none of these companies have any incentive to actually invest in that infrastructure because they've made the sale, the product's out the door, they don't have to worry about it for another step after that. I even so, argue that it creates in, that the bots they are incentivized to have the bots be doing the thing the bots are doing because it limits supply artificial scarcity, it creates yeah. artificial scarcity and it creates like a weird hype of like yeah of like people trying to sign up and then people have to give them their info and once they their info that's data they can sell there's like a whole bunch of reasons why they benefit from that kind of stuff right yeah so like it would actually take People like Chuck Schumer to be like incredibly regulatory on like the business sector of 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 the largest entertainment sales in the country, uh, which seems a little unlikely for my boy Schumes. Yeah, pretty, pretty crazy. But hey, who knows? Um, pretty wild. Uh, maybe. Stuff. Maybe if Schumer comes out dressed as Cindy uh, Lou or Cindy Who, uh, and and he sings the the Christmas song, yeah, then, then maybe we could do maybe it. Maybe everyone will get so sad that they have no choice. Cindy Lou Schum. That's what they'll say. <laughs> <laughs> he has. The, he has. They have the similar nose. All right. <laughs> Is that the, the who the who people is are are the who people Jewish? Uh, I don't know. Probably not. They love Christmas. Although a lot of Jews I know love Christmas. Yeah. I, I, it, do a lot of Jewish families in America just celebrate both? Yeah. Double presents. Um, That's sick. Yeah. Rack them up. I don't think it's like double presents. I think they. I mean, some people it's double <laughs> presents. <laughs> but I don't think everyone gets double presents. That would be crazy. I would, to, I would have really missed out get, on a lot. I want to get to triple presents. Let's take this shit up a notch. Yeah. What, what else? We, what else we get in here? Triples are best. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, you know, and Lux, there is one last news story. I wanted I wanted to, I want to send by to get to get your take on it. You know, I, 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 I do a lot of streaming. You do a little bit of streaming now on Twitch. And so I feel like, you know, we should constantly keep our eyes on where this platform and this culture is headed. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely a thing we got to keep our eyes on because that is a big could be a big change to the way the market of stuff works. And what I mean by that is I think that I am seeing a big, big pattern here. And I'm not the first to to notice this and that Twitch is dying in a big way. And YouTube gaming is eating their lunch. Um, I, of course, am talking about the fact that popular streamer and one of the, I think, the top 10 streamers on Twitch, Ludwig, has just announced he's going to move to YouTube gaming. Ludwig, uh... A part, a part of uh, enthusiast gaming. The people who sign my checks. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, uh, 
he's their big moneymaker, baby, or one of them. Do um, you think that you could like talk to their accountant and like be like, ask him what his checks are like when, they, <laughs> when he signs them? I don't even know who is in charge of that. <laughs> I, I am I am by design kept so far away from the actual company. Um, for good reason, because of my behavior. No, it's just that like Ludwig is one of these big streamers that's moving to YouTube and then he's joined, like he's joining people like Dr. Disrespect. He's joining people like Tim, the tap man and Dr. Lupo. And it's, it's really starting to seem like, like Twitch is on like the down cycle here. Um, and that YouTube in the next two years is going to completely like eat its lunch. So like the question is for like all sorts of people, big and small, like, how much longer do you do people plan on streaming on Twitch? Like, is it safer to just completely switch over now or to try to still ride like the last little bits of momentum on the platform? Uh, It's going to be really fascinating that way. Yeah, it is. It is going to be, it's like, it's, it's weird. Cause like, I still don't, I mean, obviously I'm not, I, I stream very casually, so I'm not like extremely aware of like the mechanics of everything, but it seems very weird to me to like, like the tangible difference between streaming on Twitch versus YouTube. Um, and like why one would switch if they, like, obviously if you're Ludwig or you're like Ninja or something, there's like those companies themselves are offering you a huge amount of money to stream exclusively yeah. on their platform. So that makes sense. That's true. But if you're like me or you're you or you're, you know, even like Hassan or something like, uh, where like it's hard for me to understand like what the net benefit of switching one way or the other is. Yeah. So let me break it down for you. Um, Basically Twitch is a very tiny niche website. It is where people think to go when they want to watch a stream, but comparing the pool of people that go to Twitch versus the pool of people that are on YouTube, it's like a pond to an ocean. And I guess the the Um, argument here is that there'd be runoff from the basic YouTube user into the live stream sort of game streaming Twitch type well, stuff. that's sort of tangentially related to point number two, which is that YouTube actually has an algorithm. Uh, Twitch doesn't have an algorithm. No one is ever going to just like organically discover your channel at the very bottom of Shin Megami Tensei 5. Maybe you'll get one or two randoms over like six months to a year, but you'll never grow a channel that way. Um, and the difference is... And then Twitch just has never worked on an algorithm. They've never worked on discoverability because at the end of the day, if people are just if the big streamers, the top 20 are gain gain 20 more thousand subs. Well, that money still goes to them. doesn't really matter if that 20,000 subs goes to a bunch of different streamers or goes to all one. So they really have no pay incentive structure to really like build that out on YouTube. You can create content. You can create videos like let's say you are really into Shin Megami Tensei 5. If you wanted to just really stream like the Persona games, if you wanted to stream all the Persona games and for that to be your like shtick, you could start making YouTube videos about that those games and the algorithm, if they're good and even slightly well made, will push those to freaks. It will push those videos to freaks who will then subscribe to you and like then notify you when you go live. So it is a different like discovery thing. But the difference, I guess, is like on YouTube, you have to be a content creator and get subscriptions. So then people know when you're live on Twitch, you either have to hope that someone scrolls to the bottom of the page or that you're friends with a big streamer that will raid into you. 
those are basically the two options on Twitch. And if you don't want to do either of those, I mean, it's like, I mean, neither of those really work, you know, for most people. Um, and so it just seems like Twitch is on the down cycle. It does really feel that way, um, which sucks. I'm just getting into it. <laughs> but, you know, well, that's what I'm saying now is like for people like you who are just getting into it, it is an interesting time. And like the question is like, uh, you know, do you if you want to like do streaming more, if you want to grow an audience, if you want to make more content online about video games, then like we sh- probably should heavily consider doing youtube uh, i mean yeah. i know that like i i saw this one creator this guy who started playing final fantasy 14 a couple months ago and he just started to make little videos about him playing the game uh and you know now he's up to a channel he's got like four thousand subscribers still a very small youtube channel but when he goes live he's got sometimes like 200 people watching him on his youtube stream that kind of growth you'll never see on a Twitch channel. You'll never see it like that, that fast. Um, and that just goes to show you that like, if like a good algorithm, like YouTube, th- that's the real thing. That's what decides the platform. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's true. And it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how the nature of sort of streaming personalities kind of changes because of that is one thing with Twitch um, was always like, a Twitch stream is you just have to like be on playing your video game for X amount of time. And the key thing about it is like your personality when you're on and your ability to remain on. But if a big part of the YouTube audience building is making sort of pre-produced videos and putting mm-hmm. those out, that's like a very different vibe and a very different type of skill set. And so seeing mm-hmm. what kinds of people succeed in this new environment and like how the a metric of a good stream or a good content producer kind of changes in this new setting is like going to be a very fascinating sort of thing to, to track. That, that's a really good point, actually, because it's almost as if then when you do, when YouTube becomes king, streaming really becomes supplementary to your content. And that like the content is going to always be first. And then you stream just to like engage your audience. Uh, and, and right now, especially on Twitch, it's a lot of the opposite where like for most streamers, the main content is their Twitch and then they have their editor posted on YouTube or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and that's, and that's like a total different way of like doing actually good content, you know? So I don't know. I think, I think in the long run it could be, yeah, I think it could, you could, we could just be getting better content out of it. Um, you know? And so that's, that's all it's been going on in my brain a little bit. You know, I was thinking like, what if we started to like post these episodes um, and other like gaming related content, we wanted to talk about a game we're playing individually, like, you know, like what would that would do on an actually discoverable place like YouTube, you know? Yeah, no, I think that'd be an interesting choice and we gotta figure out how to do that, but it'd be an interesting thing to an interesting foray for the game boys. I'm just saying, once you get the PC, a whole nother realm unlocks. Yeah, no, that's true. It will it will be sort of like a, a DLC to my gaming life. It's going to be the secret true ending. Um, yeah, that's true. It will be my secret true ending. Um, speaking of endings, time for a segue. Now I'm going to get this one right. It looks like it. Bobby Kotick has another ending on his horizon because the bad boy of Blizzard... Um, is getting heavily pressured to step down from his role as a C- as on the board of Coca-Cola by mm-hmm. the right wing publicity group 
the National Legal and Policy Center, a group that, quote, promotes ethics in public life. My current allies are Chuck Schumer and a bunch of right wing chuds. <laughs> I have uh, I have a mixture of diverse and conflicted allies. Um, yeah, it is. The, the Chum the Chum, the Chum coalition is a weird one for sure. Um, it, 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 it doesn't end with any, it, it only ends with me on top. Uh, so yeah, uh, I didn't get into this story. So tell me what's going on here. Basically, uh, a guy who, by the way, has the very funny name of, uh, uh, Paul Chesser. I keep thinking it's Paul Cheeser, but Paul Chesser also funny. Mm-hmm. Um, basically has come out and been like, it, it's a kind of a weird letter. Part of why I wanted to talk about it is he's kind of trying to be like, look, Yes, it's all these like progressives and weird leftists who are all about this Me Too stuff, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But we also think it's bad because no one should support sexual harassment. He's trying to do this thing where it's like divorcing the movement from its like political frame. So it can be like a right wing version of of don't do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's it's a very interesting thing. And it's funny. And it's very funny that Kodak has like stepped in shit so deeply. Well, it's I think the big the big I guess uh, the big debate lord tactic, I guess, is to say that, like, the the wokesters are the biggest sickos. Right. Is to be like the people who, like, profess to be woke. Uh, they're actually, you know, they're the real freaks, um, you know, woke in the streets, freak in the sheets. They are real. They are real pervs. The wokes are pervs. But so are the not wokes. Everyone's pervs is the thing. Um, but yeah, oh no, I'm not taking any sides here. I'm, I'm articulating, yeah, their, uh, their particular strategy. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. It is basically their strategy to be like, those guys are really weird about this, but they're not totally wrong. Um, mm-hmm. and it's just, I think it's, it, this isn't a big story. I just think it's very funny that like Kodak has, has fucked up so hard that like right wing ethics groups are writing sort of distinction drawing letters from like left-leaning politics groups so that they can also yell at him. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, I don't know. This one that seems like, I guess, guys, good luck, but maybe your energy in the culture war could be used on something that more people know about. I don't know. It just seems like it's like, if you're like trying to be a reactionary right-wing group, like maybe set your sights a little bit bigger than this video game CEO that like 50,000 people have heard of. <laughs> I mean, but he's, you know, he's an easy target, but it's not like he's like a fucking, I mean, is he like super lib or something? Is he like fucking hanging out with Kamala or some shit? Like, what's the deal? I think the move here is just sort of to reclaim, like it's gotten to this point because everything is partisanized where don't do sexual harassment is generally conceived of as a Democrat talking point. Uh huh. And I think that uh, right wing ethics groups want to be able to be like, no, wait, hold on. Like, we now, also want to that. be able to say it. So that, I think that's the I that's get, the whole thing. And how does Kodak fit into it? Because is he just like a number? Is he a big Democrat? Like, I don't think is it's that, that he's part a big Democrat? Take? I think it's just that he's like an available guy. Okay. And that they yeah. can use him for this. I don't think it has that much to do with his his particular political position. Everybody's got to get their beak wet. Uh, exactly. Yeah, Everybody's got to I mean, get their beak wet. <laughs> Honestly, Kodak to me, he's got a million swords in his back and he's just going to keep on fighting. It's pretty amazing. You know, it's like a guy who's like uh, he must have a lot of money, like just do anything else. Like, why would you want to show up to work after that? 
Like, why, why would you want to go back? I would, I'd move to a different country and ga- and game. All right. Yeah. So that'll wrap up Kodak Corner. Very weird situation. Uh, last thing I want to talk about, because you don't have any more news, right, Griff? I'm all out. You're newsed out. Um, I said some mean things about Pokemon Brilliant Diamond last week. Yes, you did. I did. You were, well, you were, you were in the Diamond Dumps. I was, the diamond, I was in the Diamond Dumps. Um, but I got to say, it's be- it's, it deserves better from me. Yeah. Uh, and Lux like, is crying. He can barely. He's pausing to cry. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it's it's fun. The chibi models are fun. The graphics are kind of goofy and silly and fun. I'm still a little annoyed about the lack of, of quality of life stuff uh-huh. that I crave. But it is a lot of fun. And it is a, it is a nice new region with a good a good. uh selection of new guys that I that like yeah. you and I talked about we haven't played before yes totally uh yeah I think uh, I've played a little bit more of it as well I I it, it is so fun to like look at sort of the archetypal Pokemon map but not exactly know how they're gonna guide you through it yeah and not exactly know where the shortcuts and the special TMs are gonna unlock and just you know they're all basic stuff you know we've done it before but it is a brand new map for me and you and, and it, that is a fun journey because like between I think gym like two and three or something or maybe gym one and two there's like a really big gap like a surprisingly long gap and so like the pacing does surprise you at times there's a few more little side kind of quest things that like fill in areas um and also it's like it's a it's just like one dial turned up from a normal pokemon game like certain enemies might take it that second hit to like you might not be able to just fully one hit like an enemy like i can notice it's just like it's the difficulty is just one slight degree up which is nice yeah it is a little more challenging uh getting fucking having sturdy pokemon like the first area was really like whoa all right we're really we're serious up in here um (laughs) i also like the big weird underground zone Yes, I was going to mention that to you because you were bummed that you didn't see Pokemon out in the wild. And I thought that this was like a fun, it's a fun thing mix. that was like, I was like, oh, this is like sort of the precursor to the future. And it was like fun to see that little evolution. Yeah, exactly. Of them just kind of rolling around the world. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was like a cute little, it's a cute little fun space. Uh, I like Team Galactic. I, <laughs> yeah. I always like those little goofy guys. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, I said some, I said some things. Um. And I don't think I gave the game a fair shake that it deserved. And yeah, I'm I what guess a- that's my big thing is that I'm, I'm taking it back. Uh, well, I, here's, here's what here's what I will say is that uh, I do wish the game was a little bit more like a little less conflict averse like it really does seem like they're like oh wow like the original games gary was so mean and now we're doing this like new thing where everyone's actually just a friend of yours and everyone's really nice and i know we've been on like sort of the friend arc now for a while um but this this story in particular really feels like it could have used a little bit more conflict a little bit more friction um at least in the beginning maybe as the story unfolds there'll be more yeah i hope so i i do i mean we talked about this with with sword and, and shield as well like like it's it it just isn't as much fun when even though sword and shield did have like that your friend was like a goofy idiot which is a fun archetype but like it just isn't as much fun when you're just like kind of like going on a journey every once in a while your friend shows up and is like you're cool bye yeah it just doesn't quite have yeah. the juice 
Um, but yeah. yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's like it's a non story moment. It's it's just like, hello, goodbye. It just doesn't really feel like, yeah, there's like much there. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, the other thing, though, on a, on, a, on a high note, I really thought it was a fun idea that they have these like you meet NPCs and go on like dual battles with them. Like yeah, when you go in the forest and you team up with a lady. That was like, a, just, yeah. that was just fun. No, you meeting, know? meeting Cheryl was a good beat that I enjoyed a lot. Yeah, so I don't know. It's it's a, it's a game. It's a, it's a Pokemon game that is nostalgic, but it was right on the cusp of exploring really big new ideas and has a few in it. So yeah, super fun. Yeah, better better, better than I gave it credit for, and I just wanted to cop to my failures. Maybe maybe forty dollars, so not sixty. Yeah, I'll say that too. I'll, I'll take. I'll. I. I would. I would stipulate that as well. Uh, I, I think that's actually kind of a big point. We 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 left out of this is like it is a sixty dollar game, and you know what. Uh, on the switch i like having stuff on the switch i'll pay it <laughs> yeah totally and it's a, it's a good switch game yeah it is a good switch game um it's a lot it's like a it doesn't i mean i liked playing smt5 on the switch but there was some weirdness to like there were scenes that were clearly meant to feel huge that just didn't feel huge uh-huh. on the handheld uh-huh. Uh, um and sometimes i play handouts sometimes i play the tv but like sometimes you know sometimes i discover like the big scary town with like the handheld mm-hmm. and it, was just, it wouldn't quite yep. ring so but this game is like feels very handheld switch appropriate so that's nice nice uh well shit you know lux we're at the end of the episode and you know next time we talk i'm gonna be in the final expansion for final fantasy i'm gonna be i'm gonna be in the new realm yeah. the, the servers will be full i'll be on a whole ride you'll be an end walker <laughs> I will be an Endwalker. Uh, I can't believe I made it here. Um, and, you know, uh, hopefully this will give me an opportunity to play some other games. So I have more to talk about. Hell yeah. Then we can broaden out our horizons. <laughs> um, but let's let's get a, let's get a really hard and fast promise for you right now on when you're getting this PC. Let's get you locked in. Um, I, I There's so many variables. I absolutely can't do that. But we'll see. Well, I'm going to try and I'm going to try and talk to some people and aim for for let's aim for. It'll depend on the Steam Deck. I guess, but let's aim for Q2 2022 and hope that that's, that's what we're looking at. That's awful. That's the worst answer I could have. I, I was possibly like, what do you want? There's, it's just, there's so many variables involved. Like with like getting two, that's not even optimistic. I'm not an optimistic person. Jesus. <laughs> that's Griffin. I don't even know where I'll, I, I may not even be in America in Q2. I, yeah, it's possible you might not, but you might not be in America in Q1. Things can happen at any time. Any quarter can be full of chaos. Okay. Um, All right. Sorry, man. Deeply I wish disappointed. I had a, I'm sorry. I mean, you know, I'm used to, I'm used to it. Um, but <laughs> speaking of being disappointed, that's the end of the episode, which I'm sure is bad news for everyone listening. Sorry to let you guys down. Um, but that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you want to get more from our amazing producer, Haley, you can find her on Instagram and YouTube at eat every sound. You can find Griffin on Twitch and TikTok at Griffin P Davis and streaming on Twitch, uh, at twitch.tv slash room and me. Well, dang, you can find me on Twitter at tailboy. That's T A I L underscore B O I or on Twitch every Thursday at 8.30 Central, streaming Shin Megami Tensei's of various types or other JRPGs, Lurefront Forest, at twitch.tv slash pixelgoblins. And one last shout out to twitch.tv slash hunter epic twitch gaming for that lovely fat man cameo at the top of the show. Much love. I'll be seeing you in Endwalker. And I'll be seeing you at the movies. (laughs) 